podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett, and with me to um, to go over the two games, not two wins this time, unfortunately, uh, but to go over the two games uh, against Villarreal and Tottenham. Uh, we've just got two members of the A-team this week. Phil Phil couldn't make it, family family issues. But I do have my namesake, Mr. Daniel Rhodes, resident data collection and visual analyst. Evening, mm-hmm. Rhodesy. Evening, it's going to be weird doing a podcast, a double header without two wins, comprehensive wins. I know, it's outrageous, isn't it? <laughs> We've had a lot, so many of them. <laughs> but I do have our most practised sports scientist uh, to help us out to digest these two. two to be fair, um, they, they might have been a win and a draw, but two very interesting games, to be fair, Si. Lots of talking points in both. Yes. Sorry, I thought I was on mute. I uh, and I actually wasn't. <laughs> um, How are you, mate? Oh yeah, good. Two great, two two very very different games, eh? Very, like literally chalk and cheese, right? So I, I don't I don't think there could be more difference in the two games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we should just should it should make uh, it should make good audio anyway. So anyway, let's start with um, where we always start, Si, um, with the um, with the Villarreal match and and the lineups here. Um, we haven't got we haven't got Bart really to go through the opposition analysis here, um, but um, we went pretty strong again, um, Si, and we, and we the at the end it seems to be the end of rotation now. We seem to have gone through the the heavy rotation phase, right? I think we um, we set up to get to this point but we still we still changed five players it was quite a big significant wow. for, for the Real. yeah 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 I didn't it was that many wow yeah mm. um but it, can so, I say with the choice at the back uh yeah I'm just going through so Ibu came in at the back Fab came back into midfield um Hendo and Milner dropped out Thiago came back in because we'd had a lot of change, five changes for the previous week. Um, Trent. Mo came back in, yeah, and Diaz dropped out. Yeah, and Trent came back in for Gomez, who oh, of course, yeah. and Trent at the yeah. top as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, significant chunk of uh, of, of changes, and um, and it was their first team pretty much. They had Gerard Moreno back as well, didn't they? So that was quite a big deal. for Well, they them. had a different front two, didn't they? They 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 they're both the front two were different. They had Diaz playing this game as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Let's yeah. change both the forwards. Um, so, most important thing about the um, um, the the lineups and the game plan side is um, the Villarreal approach because um, they did play completely in a completely different manner 
to the first game at Anfield. Um, from my untrained eye, it looked like they he went full Marcelo Bielsa and and man for man, high intensity all over the pitch. I mean, is that too simplistic? Uh, I think it's probably in the in the the things that the um, Emery asks of his players that couldn't be further f- from the things Bielsa asks from his players, apart from effort. Um, that's the single uh, biggest correlation. Um, but they did go man for man, to be fair. Um, and they pressed really high into the pitch. They gambled um, five men onto our back four most of the time and and went try and play out from us. We're going to do to you what you do to us. Um, and then once we got possession, they went man for man and gave us a different problem to solve than we typically typically uh, face mm. in the Premier League. Yeah, when was the so last time it, a, player, a team went like that at us? It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember a team going that high, that hard against us for that long, to be fair. Mm. But I, 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 we, you know, we talk about uh, opportunity of our pressing a lot, and yeah. I'm not sure how much they imposed themselves and how much we gave them incentive to as well. I think it, one thing compounded onto the other thing, and then it just encouraged them even more. Could I ask about one semi-analytical uh, question here, because it's an environmental factor? Um, the rain and the standing water, Si, how, how much of an impact would that have? Because it was... Absolutely massive. Yeah. Okay. One team, one team wanted to play the ball on the floor and one team wanted to launch the ball in the air and fight for it and put all of their players around for a second ball and try to try to impose them themselves physically over us because it's the one thing that they had in their favor over us we usually go unit to unit we can impose ourselves physically on the opposition and in the grand in in the overall phys- physical sense our players can do that the ones that are on the pitch in this game the thing that this unit, this particular uh, construction of midfield can't do is dominate in the air. And mm. they tried, they they were constantly launching the ball to our back four, so they headed it clear and they weren't doing a very good job. And I think I think it might actually leak over into the into the Spurs game as well. That they, they were he- they, they were heading it into danger. And um, and then they were ready to pounce on the second ball, where we're usually dominant on the second ball, and it was really hard for our big, our, our small lads um, to compete. So it was that I think that was in their favour early on in the game. I think the thing with it, that, yeah, and the, 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 I mean, it was horrendous rain. It was like a monsoon during the day, and the ball kept the stopping. Yeah, literally yeah. on the on the pitch, it was stopping. But there was at least it seemed to be particularly bad in the two towards both corner flags when in you know as Villarreal were attacking in that first half they seem to be the two heaviest areas and it, you know it did seem to be you know at times aquaplaning you know with some of the some of the players sliding and stuff like that it was uh, it was yeah Wait, pretty pretty severe you, it is it might not be universal in all pitches but i think at the top level it's fairly universal in that there's a camber on a pitch so the right. middle of the pitch is higher than the than the sides of the pitch to try to um to create uh, an like an off road for drainage, yeah, and so the outside of the pitch is always going to be wetter than the middle. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, so, got, so it I makes know, it makes total sense. I know you can't put a number on it, but what was the increased <laughs> risk of injury? It's going to be it's going to be more likely to get an injury in that kind of conditions, aren't you? 
Uh, yeah, possibly. I'm not. It, I wouldn't yes, make me more turn. worried about injury. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's you're actually it actually creates less friction. So yeah, there's there's, there's yeah. potential there's potential for for um some kind of, for the the friction to kick in at a moment when a player's not expecting it, which could cause injury. But mostly, it's gonna you're just gonna slide. Course, yeah, makes sense. Anyway, so, so to- I thought if you if if you sorry if you if you correlate what we're talking about with actual analytics point of views, that um, you can look at the passing percentages of the two teams mm. and the long ball rate of the two teams, and um, and it's massive that their long ball rate um, in the first half was was almost fifty percent of all passes were long. Wow! Um, wow! Yeah, forty eight percent. Wow! Um, which is just unbelievable, and and we had sixty nine percent passing, which is the lowest of any and half this season. So can I just say though that Villarreal had forty eight percent of passes long, and they still had a higher pass completion than us in the first half. That's nuts. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, Roti. Yeah. So what what did that mean for the the match summary? Was was it was it a game of two halves? Oh, I was just going to say cliche. Right? It was it's a match summary of two halves. Um, <laughs> um, yes, it the overall kind of puts us in a strong, favourable. It looks good kind of uh, match summary. But in truth, at half time, they'd had all their shots, all their shots on target. So they'd had six shots, two shots on target, three big chances, one point two five xg. That's at half time, and then in the second half, I think we had point. One in the first half. In the second half, we had another um, 1.7. So we finished at 1.8. We had three big chances as well. Well, I'm not convinced on one of them. Um, And five shots on target. Pretty comprehensive. If you you go to the combined overall over the two legs, five, obviously five goals to two, 3.6 non-penalty XG to 1.4. 34 shots to seven. 10 shots on target to two. Five big chances to three. It's pretty comprehensive. Stats bomb even had it close to four one um, on their combined numbers. So yeah, it would uh, it would suggest what was quite the, a what, what was the aggregate five two? It's what it was five two on aggregate, wasn't it to us? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, so, kind of looks comprehensive um, second leg and combined, but um, it didn't feel like that half time, did it, Dan? No, but I mean possession was fifty fifty in the first half, but I think we had sixty two percent in in the second half as well. Um, yeah, so Sai, I mean, you've already touched on a few things there already. I'm going to come back to Rosie on on the pressing in a minute because he collected this, and there were definitely some stories there. What what else went wrong in that first half? From when you were watching it on the TV and tearing out what hair you've got left. I think you've been a little bit harsh now. You, we, I think we can all agree that that being that being baldest is not acceptable in this in this day and age. But baldism is not one of the seven protected characteristics yet. No, being being ginger is the only thing you're allowed to pick on these days. Um, so, um, so in this case, so I, I think the single biggest factor was. Um, that we couldn't control possession. We couldn't control the ball. We couldn't control possession. Yeah. So um, at any time there was chaos, they wanted the chaos. They'd set up for chaos. Yeah. And we were trying to play with with uh, cool, calm, like um, composed control. And we just 
could not control control the ball. Like um, Tiago was um, Tiago had nine of seventeen passes astray in the first Incredible. half. Like that's just it just never happens. Mane had had forty percent passing. Uh, Tiago had thirty one percent passing. Um, Tiago's oh. reception rate. Um, Tiago's reception rate was thirty two percent. So of of balls played to of passes paid to Tiago, he held the ball thirty two percent of the of of, of this those. This is possession. the man with the best technique in world football. Near his damn it, yeah. <laughs> that must be a career law. Yeah. Must be so, a career law that. So, 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 so Statsbomb might say collect uh, now provide us with um, the amount of uh, actions a player performs under pressure from the opposition. Right. So we've got this information. Right. So our players are under pressure. Um, and a lot of the season, a lot of the actions they do. So what was the difference between that kind of pressure that you know the stats bomb actually count for us and what we saw in this game? Is it is there just an extra level of intensity of you know what happens when you really get in somebody's face and are really super aggressive with it? Is it is, is, well, it, I, is it just that? Well, if, if, I don't I don't even think it was that. I don't I think their pressure, their level of pressure was was exaggerated. I think it was just that we that we were giving the ball away because the ball wasn't Yeah. Two things, two things. The ball wasn't moving how we expected it to. So it was going behind our players. So we were rushed. And if the ball's played behind you, yeah. it gives the opposition the advantage because they're facing the ball and yeah. our plan. So that they can just pop straight, straight out and pick the ball up. I think like that, it makes such a big advantage to them. Um. Maybe I was just thinking more of um, you know, of Foyth and Albiol, because um, they were really, I thought they were really robust and you know, and fair most of the time with it. I thought, but they gave uh, they gave Sadio and and Jota and and Thiago a pretty good kicking. I thought <laughs> it's old school style, but yeah, they they got away with as much as as much as they possibly could, didn't they? But when yeah. what you said what you said earlier about them being man man marking, right? So so they were man marking, but then the, the the then they were regularly stepping into the passing lane just ahead of the marker instead of being behind, which we you yeah. what is what you'd expect in the Premier League. So t- traditionally at school, if you were man marking, you would be goal side. You hear the goal side thing all the time from when you were when you're about six. But they were doing it the other way around, and they were they were marking. Um, they were marking in ball side of the player and making sure that there was somebody spare the the in behind to take to take hold and it, and it kind of led to a little bit of what uh what spurs did too now i know you don't like person networks say um but i want i want to, you to look at this one because this is clear because this is actually before for the first half only um it because diaz isn't actually on on that passing network, right? And there's two things that stand out to me. First of all, I don't think I've ever seen this on any Liverpool passing network before. The link between one of our eights and the fullbacks is backwards. Thiago to Thiago to Robertson is actually backwards. And the second thing is there's almost a complete absence of anything vertical from front to back, which is kind of what you were basically saying. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I I don't think I've ever seen that. I mean, it just looks to me like our our, our left side is completely broken. Uh, on that, not only the Thiago to Robertson link, but can I ask one other question? In in our flexibility, we've praised Sadio and Diogo for the ability to play the centre forward position and play off the left. Did that cost us in this match? In that they were too flexible, and we didn't have that outlook. We didn't have that triangle between the left eight, the left back, and the left forward. 
I don't think they were flexible. I think both of them played the played the wrong in the wrong spaces, and I, I actually think it leaked over into Spurs game as well. We had we had it ended up in second half actually playing with width, and for the other two and a half, uh, three three halves of football that we're talking about, we were too narrow at, at front. Uh, well, at the left hand side, it was just too narrow. Um, and in this game, 100%, if you actually look at the touch map, first half against second half, Sadio was in exactly the same spot in both halves. And he played supposedly a completely different role. So for when he was on the left, he played inside. Uh, he played inside left. He played in the left half space. Uh, and then in the second half, when Diaz came on, Diaz just played wide of him, but he still yeah. played inside the left half space. So... He, at no point did he play in the middle and it was kind of frustrating and that neither of Jota or Mane did they neither of them played in, in the center of the pitch which allowed the allowed us to link so, play through through them are, are you are you saying that neither of them played like Bobby neither of them played like Bobby and I, I will be I will be totally um uh, I, I don't know contrarian to the to the public opinion which isn't against my nature of course but i don't think we you've said many you've said many times that jota is isn't great in the in the build-up phase and as part outside the box he's gary lineker i'm more than willing to accept that i think you're absolutely right but i do think he has had a, a an equal amount of good play of good halves of football playing as the nine that mané has i don't think mané is very good at being a nine either i think he chases the ball he does pressing stuff which is similar to bobby but mm. all of the rest of the build phase is terrible and i think it's terrible i don't even think it's all right i just think it's awful yeah yeah okay um, Rosie, anything to come back on that, John? No, yeah, I'm going to go into the pressing because I think it's a bit of a story. So you collected this one, Rosie. How was it? Yeah. It was the complete contrast <laughs> to the first leg. Um, everything. <laughs> if you go back and listen to that podcast, I'm basically now going to say the opposite of everything that was, was said in that one. Um, the efficiency was down. So many solo presses, shockingly bad ones. And then once someone makes a bad decision about who to press and when to do it, um, if they haven't got someone backing them up, it's easy for the te- easy for them to play around us, which they did. Um, not enough in groups. Quite a few possession wins because I think it was a, it was the story of the game. A lot both teams were a bit poor in possession at times. Um, so we did do some decent work, but nothing like um, the suffocation that we gave them um, yeah. in the first leg. It's yeah, a pretty average performance to be honest. I think we concede. Like one point, I think it was. I think we conceded one XG from failed presses, um, basically all that. And yeah, it was it was poor. So I put in them. I put in the first half, second half splits in the press. We haven't done this for a while, but there hasn't been such a chalk and cheese first half, second half like this for for a while. Um, and there's two things that stand out for me that from that top one, Rosie. And I just want your thoughts from when you when you collected this. First of all, how much is it actually in our defensive third? And I think a lot of that's going to be second balls, as Sai was saying. But yeah. also how many fails there are in that defensive third and along that last line of defence. It's quite scary. Well, we do say that um, that if one fail leads to another one, and if you do one in the defensive, uh, in in the, uh, the final third of our um, pressing collection um, scope, then it's 
it's shocking because we we know we play a high line. So if they're having failed presses just in front of him, or it's them doing the failed presses, teams are just going to get repeatedly getting behind us. Um, the I think the contrast huge amount of volume, twice as many presses. I think in first to second half, yeah. Um, the efficiency was much worse in the first half. Um, Seventy six yeah. first half. What's that? Seventy six yeah. first half. That's really low. Well, it's one of the worst I've done. I think um, we've had some. Oh, that's a bit of a statement. Some of me doing Brentford and West Ham. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was shocking too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look at right. It's such an illustrative point. Pressure efficiency in group presses ninety percent. Is that what that says? Yep. So there you go. It's so much more effective to press when you're yeah. in group. You so, say it's an obvious statement to make, but. Yeah. But we couldn't, we couldn't get any, we couldn't do any group pressing in the first half. Now, yeah. what I want to say, as we said to Sire about the first half, the left hand side being just being broken generally in that build up phase. But the left hand, left hand side was also broken in terms of the pressing as well and the defensive numbers here. So we had, we had twenty nine fails in the first half. Ten of them were in that, were in the triangle between Fab, VVD, and Robbo. And we, I don't think we've, we've ever seen this from Van Dijk had. Um, was only four out of six, so two fails up from from Van Dyke. Robbo was four out of eight, so four fails from Robbo. That's terrible for a left back. And Fab was uh, ten out of fifteen, so five fails from him. Um, all in that sort of left left centre back, left back, you know, left centre mid position. It's you know, think it, about that. If your if your left back is, ten is times. making nine total presses in a game and more than well fifty five percent efficiency. So four fails from that as your left back is your last man on that side. Yeah, it's it's as that's as bad as it gets in terms mm. of a pressing performance from a fullback, and a fullback that wasn't even pushing that high. No, it's not as if they were both in, <clears throat> in the opposition final third. Look at just look at that half time one if you're looking on the groups. Um, it's all in the middle third. It was complete. We were it was so high in that first leg, the highest. We've yeah. had that I've done. Um, it comes back to a similar contrast with the Spurs game, but in this one, it's just all they weren't letting us. Yeah, Darth. If you look, if you look at the uh, the splits, the passing splits, uh, first and second half, it's massive. But um, if so, in the first half, um, our midfield had sixty three percent passing. In the second half, ninety one percent passing. Right, wow. but that's not the key. The key is in the first half, um, our, our attack lost the ball f- four times, and the um, and the midfield and centre backs lost the ball seven times. Like was lost the ball or was dispossessed seven yeah. times. Caught on the ball, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So more, so so basically double uh, the rest of the team than the attack. But in the second half, when we pressed much better because of this. Um, the the attack lost the ball twelve times, and everybody else combined only three. Yeah. So we we passed the ball well enough to get it to the front lads. So our rest of our team were set by that yeah. point, of which we could then press. If you're pressing under an emergency, you're just chasing. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about the goals. Um. I don't know about you boys, but I thought they were both. I thought they were two really poor goals to concede. I thought um, for both goals, I thought um, our, def- our fullbacks were too passive, and maybe if 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 both of them had been more aggressive in the defending, does either happen? Um, Sai, what do you think? 
I think both uh, Robbo from the first goal, I don't think Van Dijk was particularly great. I think Trent probably could have been better. I think Naby probably could have been better. And none, nobody dealt with the ball inside the box it's very too well. Passive, generally, yeah. Watching, like, allowing space, allowing runners. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the opposite of what House Spurs dealt with us on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rosie, um, nah, uh, yeah, that, that was. I think um, it was the. I thought the pressing <clears throat> in that on that first goal was shockingly bad. Um, at least three failed presses. Um, yeah, there was the, there was the Naby all mistake. in the defensive third as well. Yeah, yeah, there was the Naby mistake, and that led to the uh, penalty claim for them. It's not a penalty, saves it. Um, but yes, in this one, there's a failed press from uh, Jota. Um, as as the centre back's just about to play the the um, over the top ball to um, is it Kapua over yeah. Robertson head, so Robertson gets done again. Uh, it's a good cross. Um, Cochrane's not being marked. Trent's there. Should he, should he jump? I think he's a little bit taken by surprise that. Yeah, uh, I think Cochrane I think Trent was confused. Yeah. It's been nice to Trent that yeah. Trent, Trent was confused that Cochrane was actually on his feet at this point. Yeah, um, <laughs> went down as he. Went down as a big chance, Dan, and I'm, I can't really. I'm not sure of that. I think. Uh, I think. I, I think. If you look at the location, raw location, you say that's not a big chance. But forty percent. Trent just stops. He does. You know, and and Cockland, the way he wins it, and it's yeah. You know, it's it, it's if that's, if that's a big chance. If that's a big chance, Virgil's missed seventeen. <laughs> it's just the original. <laughs> the original definition is if you get an unchallenged free header close to goal, it's a big chance. That's the opta definition. That's why they've given it because you know he was under no pressure. So, oh, so it's not linked to. So it's one of those opportunities where it's not linked directly to XG. No, what, no, this is before XG, predates XG, and then one of the scenarios they defined opta originally. Um, was if you had a, a shot with clear line of sight to the keeper, things like a one-on-one, yeah. but also if you have a free header close to goal. That was one of the original things they said for, this is what we're going to say is a big chance. So Virgil literally had two against Spurs. Well, we're going to come on to that. Um, I thought he definitely had one. Dan, can we, can, I think Opto have had a bit of a mare whoever's given the big chance in this game. Because that Jota what the Jota one on 10 minutes is a 6% chance on him for goal. And it's been given as I a... I don't even remember that chance. <laughs> Watch that's, it again. That's you how won't even know. memorable it was. <laughs> it hardly even gets a shot off. It kind of, kind of deflects off him. It's it's one of the weirdest yeah. awards I've seen. But anyway, yeah. thanks for past stats. Well done. Yeah. I blame it. It'll probably be the it'll probably be the Villarreal analyst who's collected that one. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but I want to just say, just on the goals, um, maybe my favourite stat of the entire season here, and it's not a Liverpool stat, uh, is that um, after going 2-0 up, Villarreal had scored with eight consecutive shots on target. Oh, oh. that, Dan. Yeah. Eight wow. consecutive okay. shots on target. So they equalised against Juventus in the first leg of the uh, round of 16 match. Then they scored three out of three uh, in the second leg. Then they scored, they had two shots on target in both games against Bayern, scored two goals. And they uh, didn't have any at Anfield, and they had two in the first half against us and scored both eight, eight set shots on target in a row. If that's not a hot streak, I don't know what it is. Crazy, isn't it? Um, can we talk about Alisson quickly? I mean, 
and there's been lots of love for Alison recently, and and Carrie uh, Carrie <laughs> did that brilliant piece on Monday Night Football um, with John Harrison's data and stuff like that. Um, this was this was a classic Alison, wasn't it, Rosie? In that you know, it wasn't actually a technically a save, was it? Because there was no shot, was there from from no? From there. But, no, it wouldn't have been down as a save, but it's a, it's a one on one big chance save in all others in everything but name but he, yeah, this was this was this was this just sums up Allison's season didn't it this he was absolutely oh, how, how he is how well judged elite um, goalkeeping yeah at the perfect time that would have been 2 0 with a bit more time to play in the, in the first half wasn't it a good 15 minutes um yeah it was he's <laughs> he's done it to us a few times and this is a good game state one as well yeah um, yeah we and, needed him it, 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 it rarely gets a chance on either of the goal either we can't save any of them I know we did it last week as well, Borussia. But I just for people who missed it last week, I just put it in the chat again. Just for just because of the first time we've had it now, the big chances faced and saved. And Allison is at sixty-eight percent of all the big chances he's faced on target. He's saved, and it's like twenty percentage points higher than any other goalkeeper in the Premier League. He's just—it's just what he does. Isn't it? Yeah, Allison it's, it's just what he does, isn't it? It is what he does, and it's and it is arguably the most important thing a keeper can do, especially a keeper at a top side. You just want him to save those big chances that you're giving away, especially the one on ones where you you where you quote unquote expect the player to score. It's, I know it's another cliche, but um, you yeah, virtually everyone expects when a player is one on one against a keeper them to score. Yeah, um, and he's he keeps saving them. Yeah, there's nothing more soul destroying than when a player is through on your keeper and you think come on yeah. just say and then you just it's, you know it's just slotted it every time you know it's just that's clearly what the players are thinking when they get through <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah, ab- yeah absolutely tremendous uh from ali again um so um second half um site um big i guess this is why um we pay cloppo 16 million pounds a season and we've renewed him for another two years i guess this is exactly what he does this is the the big moments he gets right. Do you know what I? I it's it's really easy for Liverpool fans to they they love a Messiah and um and Klopp has been absolutely brilliant, but they talk like he is perfect. He has always been perfect, and he has always been this guy. And I don't think it's true. I think he's wonderful. I think he's improved year on year. I think he learns all the goddamn time. He is really yeah. open to learning. Every day he is day. way he is way better at subs now than he was before. Yeah. But he's got yeah. better options on the bench. Yeah. yeah. So all those things link in nicely. Every everybody in the world that's not on UP was was screaming for Henderson to come on at halftime because Henderson was going to fix fix it because the thing we were missing was control and Henderson brings control. Yeah, and passion. What the what's three years? Although statistically, he doesn't bring control. He brings. Yeah. He is. He is the least controlling of our midfielders. He has qualities. Way, uh, hey. yeah, absolutely. But, but if if it's control, control of the thing you're talking about, it's a lie. Yeah, it's or, not. It's misplaced. Yes. Yes. Um, the in chaos, he 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 excels. And if you're yeah. bringing on to control that he is not your man. And so the balls on 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 Klopp to to believe in his man and leave Naby on was huge for a start and he was brilliant in the second half. And the the oh, the big change was your second top scorer um who 
in that gym room will probably be a little bit out out of sorts. He's going to be pissed off by being taken off there. He is going to feel a little bit, a little, little bit. Uh, he's going to be slightly insulted. So he, I'm sure he didn't feel like he was the worst player on the pitch in the first half. So it it was important when Klopp made that decision that it turned out right, and you now Jota has no right to go, no legs to go and stand and, and argue with Klopp or feel even feel bad um, that it was the wrong decision because it looked it it was so visibly the right thing to do, um, and he got he he brought Diaz on, pinned him to the left wing to the touchline on the left. Um, and we instantly started switching possession in a way we hadn't done before. Three attempts first half, eleven in the second, um, and it worked, didn't it? It was, it was, and I, and it's, I, I, it spread play. It was gone. I was going to say I mentioned um, Albiol and Foyth really being aggressive in that first half, and literally the first thing Diaz does is basically pins Foyth back and just has a one on one war basically with Foyth just running battle up and down the touchline, isn't it? It's fantastic, you know. Give him something to think yeah, about. Yeah, he's, him. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And he's and he and, and he just he'd lay down a marker. I can beat you at will. Um, so Foyt backed off. Everybody else backed off a little yeah. bit, and <clears throat> and he created a little. We don't like to talk about momentum here, but it, it it felt like a momentum change, and he created fear down that side. And there was no fear at all. We were terrible in the first half down that side, and yeah. we didn't actually. We were ter- we, we didn't do anything on either side, to be fair. Um, and neither of the goals came down came from down that side. Particularly, none of the actual um, none of the actual output came from the left hand side at all. No, but the, but there was definitely threat from that side, which which, as we know, leads to. Um, consequences elsewhere on the pitch yeah, more and space suddenly yeah. suddenly there is more space yeah yeah because the, the the pitch is longer from front to back you know we've got more space that way because they're dropping off a bit and then yeah they're, and they're, there's they're... somebody yeah you, there's a gap in the back four because suddenly because somebody has to go over to the to to 10 meters of the pitch that that yeah. we weren't even occupying before yeah quick um, quick point on momentum there Sai. it's not momentum i think it's momentum uh, game to game, so does one game influence the next that I don't agree with. Momentum in game definitely is a thing. Definitely is a thing. It's hard to measure, really but it's, it's definitely a thing. But it's been shown now, hasn't it? If you if you yeah. once you score, teams then come at you. It's just yeah. Like the momentum momentum from what game to game is that is that winning causes winning. Now that's yeah. that's that's the debatable thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but um, just 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 on just before we talk about the the fun stuff, the goals. Um, the Diaz had the third most touches in the team. This is at, just at the period at 2-0, 17 minutes at 2-0. Third most touches in our team. Uh, we had four shots in that period. Two were from Diaz himself. Uh, third one was from a corner that Diaz won. And a fourth one was a direct free kick from Trent when Diaz was fouled. So um, there was there was a lot of action in that quadrant of the pitch at, at, at 0-2. Uh, and then Rosie, um, probably mm. the, decisive, the decisive moment in the tie. Um, well, the first goal, yeah. Canate knocks it to Trent. And I think this pass has been underrated because if you watch it, 
um, again, it kind of like takes out two Villarreal players and lets Fabinho break without breaking stride. He starts he starts a a dribble and he doesn't need to break stride because of the timing of the pass from Trent. And then obviously he does a great one too with Moore, who does another quality through ball. Um, and then Fabinho does look up to cross uh, and you can see that it's all blocked off. So he just hits it and... We've got to be brutally honest about these three goals. The keepers had a mare in all of them. If, 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 by I would say to you, if, 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 if Alisson concedes any of those three goals, we're really disappointed, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. But the four now, the crazy thing, oh, shockers, but the only good, decent save he made was against Mo. Yes. His leg. It's it, it, it's one of those runs in the eight three goals in eighteen games. All of the good saves have been from Mo. Brilliant. And um, just to, we, he's got a lot of credit as Emery, but why did he change his keeper? Uh, um, yeah, I was going to say. I was my question was going to be to you, Rosie. Who's the worst keeper that we faced in the Champions League this season? Is it the Villarreal keeper or the Porto keeper? Oh, it's close, isn't it? Um. It, definitely him, I think. <laughs> I, thought, yeah, I thought the Porto had some attributes. I couldn't see any of this fella. Got decent passing, but other than that, I think the Porto one just because he made more fuck ups. He made more <laughs> egregious mistakes than than this. He made three defensive errors in one match, which I don't lead into goals. I don't think I've ever seen that before from any player. <laughs> Um, so can we can we can we talk about a little bit about tactically what we changed in the second half about and also the, what Villarreal changed as well. Well, the biggest thing that we changed in the second half, what for them they had they uh, um, what's he called, Gerard Moreno, Moreno um, with his strappy Moreno, strings, yeah. Moreno got injured, didn't he? It's, well, he he was injured and he was trying to stay on the pitch, but when by the time, well, as soon as we scored the second, they took him off because um, there was no point at that point. Um, but uh, so the the biggest thing we did at half time was uh, we moved Fab uh, about five meters to the right and and tr- and got him running off the back of their centre midfielders to to create like real problems for their man marking system mm. because um, was so does one of their strikers drop with him? Does Parejo drop with him? Mm. Does does Coquelin come off Mo to go and mark him? And his runs inside the floor to deal with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So it's yeah, of course. Does he ever get up? Um, Jesus Christ! Uh, Imagine, imagine Coquelin playing for Everton. What a pussy! (laughs) What? All the the filth is Spurs. Jesus Christ! From all the cheats. I've I've rarely um, I've rarely seen Fab that mobile, you know, for us in that in a way he, he was, you know, like you said. Like but he it, and it was deliberate. He was doing was he was doing the inside out runs, yeah. which caused which caused them to to um, it, which ruined their system. It created overloads. Yeah, yeah, and which so we all got space from it. 
So I, I actually think Diaz got space because Mo made uh, because Fab made made these inside out runs, which just uh, it altered that it made them shift over. And um, there were two moments where we created shots and one goal from it, obviously. But also he was he did it maybe seven times, I think, in the second half. And um, on four of them, it, it, it created a, mo- a movement which allowed Trent a little bit of time where he was where he had no one in his face that he pinged. Um, fifty yarders out to Diaz. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and Rob and Robert got more in the game as well as well, the second half as well, of course. So, um, yeah, brilliant side. Thank you. Um, so, and also the the guess the big one, the big intangible road seat is that I wish that we had um some clones to go on minions to go and collect the Villarreal pressing because I think it would have been fascinating. Yeah. It would have been fascinated in this match. I think to see. I think yeah, theirs would have been similar to some of the. Positives we were talking about in the first half. Um, for the whole Anfield game, our pressing in that game, I think they had some similar attributes. But it they, was they were group pressing. But right from the kickoff in the second half, they stood off. There wasn't yeah. right from them. There wasn't that intensity there. I mean, was that a managerial instruction? Was it a physical capacity? Where they couldn't keep it up. Maybe because of that, one caused the other. Maybe he saw that they were tiring. Maybe he knows their physical states better than what we do. And he didn't think they could keep up that level of intensity and hard work. But uh, especially on that pitch where it's going to be heavy, isn't it? Um, Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to to collect matches what we do anyway and and analyse the matches in our way. I couldn't exactly. I only do it for Monday night occasions just to laugh at them. Because of the entertainment value, is what you're doing. It. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so difficult. Yeah, but yeah, when Man United do it, it's not hard to count to seven. <laughs> yes. Ah. Um, so yeah, do you to touch on the second goal, um, Sai. Um, Trent, you guys Trent do balling. it. It's Diaz. It's Diaz. Oh. For goodness' sake, okay. it did keep it. Keep it. It was straight at the goalie. Yeah, um, and he, Rudy, was this one you said you weren't sure about the big chance, or was that was that was the Jota one? No, it was a it was a Jota one. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, this is a, I guess you could say it's similar to Coquelin. Um I think he's a bit closer. I think Diaz is a bit closer, but yeah, the keeper should say it's straight at him. Yeah, he just goes straight, doesn't it? Goes straight under his legs. Isn't it? another nutmeg. Yeah. yeah, but then the the the, the, the highlight, the highlight for the keeper though. Definitely the third goal. <laughs> definitely, I mean, what is he doing? I mean, <laughs> I think it's the definition of course in no man's land. There, isn't it? Well, it's a it's a quality ball. Let's say that first From of all. Cater. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, what is he doing? Why do you, what are you doing that for, lad? <laughs> if you, you, you're running forty yards out of goal and you don't, you don't even quite you don't even nearly get there. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, I think he's had three brain farts and three nutmegs, and we scored three goals. Yeah. Um, can, can, was... can I just say? Can I just say in his defence? One thing in his defence: if he no. hadn't come there, <laughs> if he hadn't come there, Mane doesn't get the shot off without beating the lad, right? The yeah. one lad. But Mo is completely unmarked in the box, True. so True. He, he'd have just he, he'd have just either he'd either fucked it up himself and looked like a dick done something brilliant or he'd have passed a mo for a tap in so it's quite likely would have scored anyway yeah that's but, but they keep they keep a guaranteed a goal yeah um could i ask you 
an intangible question, say, about, um, you know, you always talk about the dressing rooms and stuff. Last year, we played Real Madrid in the quarterfinals and Naby Keita gets hauled off before halftime, I believe, if I recall, correctly, about 40 minutes in. Um, yeah, 40 minutes. And then, and then he doesn't play again for the, the last 15 games of the season. Um, this season, Naby has firmly established himself in the rotation. And obviously in this game, he, he had a tremendous second half, as you said. How How does that... How does a how does a player in your experience make that transition from that low to 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 becoming so established? I, I've never seen it before. I thoroughly expected him to be sold. I I do you know what it's this shows a a level of humility in a footballer that I'm I think our team has an abundance of, but I've never really witnessed firsthand that. The willingness to accept Klopp's, Klopp's choices and behaviour, no matter how bad it makes you look publicly or within within that that changing room, because that was the grandest public humiliation you can face, and then not to get picked and the garbage about him being injured, all that stuff, I. For him to knuckle down, they must have had some conversation pre-season. And, and then I, I think Klopp doesn't hold... He, I think he's incapable of holding a grudge. And so it, it, they, they had a conversation. Everything was water under the bridge because Naby's humility allowed it. And from pre-season, he must have played well enough in pre-season or his conditioning allowed him to get to get back to being the player that, that Klopp hoped for. I think maybe the, the whole conversation that we've heard many, many times around uh, Naby was bought for a different a different system than we changed the system and he can't fit in, which was garbage. Um, I think it looks to me like that the, the conditioning was the problem. His availability and his conditioning combined was the problem. They've... they've they, he's trained so well. He's become robust enough to sustain this workload, and his conditioning is absolutely top draw right now. So he can put the workload at the intensities required on a pitch, and that has led to confidence that he has now. Bit by bit, he's getting trusted more and more in bigger games, and he has been legitimately picked ahead of the captain in two consecutive huge games. That has to swell your balls. <laughs> very, very. Oh, Even oh, the Man City, yeah, the, the City. Just going to say, yeah. very deceptive, Si, until you finished with this. Because Si spent a lot of time in professional dressing rooms, hasn't he? So he knows about. Yeah, that it is. It's honestly noticing the humility is a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rosie, I mean, looking at it is a uh, is 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 um scout report on FB ref. I mean, he's just he, it's he's the definition of. Of an all rounder, isn't it? I mean, he's just got everything. Um, the, and, the, only thing is, the only his only flaws are his um, injury record and his aerial duels. <laughs> yeah. That's not his fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can't six foot four. Yeah, I remember there's the, the, when we, the Dr. Ian Graham was on that podcast. I can't remember which one was it, Free Economics or something like that. Yeah. The other yeah. thing. And he said, We saw this guy and he just looked at him. And he, he just had output everywhere, every single department. You think, what can we watch the video on this guy? See what he's doing? And he's just matter up with this. It's, yeah, absolutely. Well, we've seen it and highlighted it all season. He has got he's just an output merchant as a midfielder. He he is. 
I think he is the definition of, the ball, of an out, of of an out the ball. merchant. Yeah, yeah. Do you know his 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 numbers in the first first season and a half? What is like XG stuff? His XG chain, XG build per per ninety per touch off the chart, and then it stopped. It actually wasn't an output merchant this season. He's gone to being a recycle ball retention. Um, he's gone to being Ginny. And then something happened January and he has reverted to being Naby Keita with the ball retention levels that the, the progression had before. Yeah, 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 the- yeah. So he's added all of the progression that Naby Keita does. To the ball retention that Na- and and possession control that Vinaldum did, and they're almost identical. Their levels of, of possession control and Vinaldum and, and Navigator, at whilst Navigator is doing um, Ox levels of progressive progressive stuff. Yeah, and bear in mind, um, Ox is really good at that. It's I, I, it also it's also got something that Vinaldum didn't wear. He's, he did score a few goals, but I mean. His, his, his shot volume's really high for a midfielder. Um, his XG, his XA, just does it all. Yeah, and 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 obviously the shooting metrics are benefited from him being in the Liverpool team, which is an elite attacking oh. team. But even so, even so, to generate look at that, the the ninety you seventh know, percentile for expected assists for a, for a midfielder, and uh, and ninety eighth percentile for shots, just. 96% for non-penalty goals. So, yeah, that, some of the, that will... Be, there is a Liverpool tax in that respect you know, for attacking numbers, but you yeah. can't argue with the progression as well and uh, as, as well as the pressures and the tackles. Good grief. When you know, The pressures and the tackles are even more phenomenal, aren't they, Rosie, when you consider how much... You know, if they were possession-adjusted, they'd be even higher again. And it is, I know they've got pressures on there at 90, but I, I'd, I'd say it's 99th percent percentile in terms of... If, if we possession-adjusted it. For everyone, yeah, yep. Anyway, that is you. That is Villarreal. Um, so let's go on to um, Spurs now. Before we start with Spurs, <clears throat> I just wanted to put in some context here, given that what's happened since is that before kickoff, we had a higher points total from the last thirty-eight league games than any other manager has managed in our history from thirty-eight league games in a row. So we had 94 points from the previous 38 league games. And we got 92 now from the last 38 after the draw. Um, but we had Didn't 94. Did we do 110, Dan? Didn't we do no, no, sorry. So then any other manager before Klopp, no other manager right. in our history has managed to get 94 points from 38 consecutive league games. Do, do, you, do you want to have a guess, guys, right, at who has the highest... Of our managers and all, I'm adjusting two points for to, 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 two points for a win into three points for a win. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I get? Have a guess. Which manager has got the most points from thirty-eight game sequence before Klopp? Joe Fagan. Um... Joe Fagan is actually third bottom. His max oh, was seventy-four. Okay. Joe Fagan's maximum points was seventy-four from thirty-eight. Can, can, can I just add a layer to this? Forty-seven games. So he's so there are forty seven weeks of which Klopp has had more than ninety two point rolling average. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. Um, got Paisley. Bob Paisley. He had his max was ninety one points. There's one manager. One manager who's managed other managers managed above ninety points. I'll be Kenny then. Kenny I'll first be. time round. Yeah, he had his ninety two in nineteen ninety. He got ninety two points. So he's Kenny. Kenny. Kenny first time round spent seven games above 90 points over 38 
Bob Paisley four times. Um, he's, he's, I'm going to put it in the live show chat now. Um, what is the live show chat? And I'll put this one on the account after the match as well. About 110. Klopp got 110, obviously, <laughs> which is the most insane stat in history. Um, but, yeah, um, if you look at the maximum for the other managers, Rogers' maximum was 87, Shanks got 86, Rafa 86, Julia 84, Evans 78, Joe Fagan 74, Dalglish second time 68, and, and Sooness 66. And oh, well. Roy Hodgson was so bad, he didn't even get 38 games. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Roy, Roy got... Hodgson would have been 54 because he always gets 54. Yeah, he, had, he was sacked after 25 games when Gerard missed the pen against Blackburn. I wonder what his points per game was, Si. Go and work out and let's to see if it's 54. It was, it was about that. It was about. It was low 50s, defo. But yeah, I just thought, and I looked at that back and I just thought, that's incredible. Yeah. That is you know, amazing. So. But genuinely, Roy's, Roy's career average is 54 points. Yeah. Seems but, a bit weird seeing um, Brendan above Shankly and Benitez, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think this this is this is one of the reasons you can't compare eras because if you actually lived through these eras, the, you would see like eighty nine on. We the 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 league went through a period where four seasons there were just two teams that were in it, and then then the te- the two teams changed a little bit, but then carried on being only two teams. They kind of went to a three team for a little period. But before 88, there were like four or five teams in it all the time. So when you have that level of competition, the total number of points is, is less. 100%. Did you know that between 1967 and 1973, there were six consecutive different winners of the Premier League, of the, of the top yeah. division? Wow. There you go. Six in a row. Do you, know, do, you, know, can you, do you want to name them? What, what years? 1967 and 1973. Spurs, Leeds, yeah, Man City, yeah, um, Liverpool, Derby, Arsenal, not Spurs, and Arsenal. Man United. Oh, did they win it then? Is that what that? Yeah, Man United won it. Man United started the sequence in 1967. I, th- I had in my mind that Spurs won it. But it was 61, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's Man United because they won they won the European Cup the year after 1968, and then but and then it was then it was um, Man City, uh, Leeds, Arsenal, Derby, Liverpool, six years in a row. Can that, can can the listeners all confirm that this is way more interesting than talking about Spurs? Yes, I would <laughs> like to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, actually, one other thing before we start the Spurs game. Uh, what happened? Question what quiz. What happened after twenty-four minutes and forty-one seconds of the Tottenham match? Fucking hell, Dan. Um, <laughs> what a question! Come on, listeners. I want to use something very <laughs> AI um, pressure specific. I I reckon. Um, Cochrane got up. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is. We had our 50 50,000th press collected by oh, <laughs> under pressure. I was supposed to get Jesus that. Christ. 50,000 presses yeah, in, Mo, in, in Mo Salah's 250th game. <laughs> and unfortunately, it was a fairly nondescript pushback by Thiago on Hoybieg. 
but that was this. <laughs> it wasn't some elite pressing goal. chain move, yeah, leading to a goal. But fifty thousand presses. One of these days, I'm going to do a rough estimate of how much time Gags has spent collecting and and yourself, Rosie, now on this. Yeah. There you That's go. Amazing. I reckon, you've done, I reckon you've done about fifteen hundred of that fifty fifty k, Rosie. There we go. That's Maybe amazing. Two, yeah. Anyway, right. Spurs. Keep this quick. <laughs> Sai, lineups, game plans. Uh, two changes for this one. Hendo came back in for Naby because uh, you, you can't play every game for goodness sake, and you 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 want a, probably a bigger team against Spurs. Um, and Diaz kept his place ahead of Thiago, which I think everyone would agree. The, I, I think the one uh, questionable move, which the uh, nouveau seemed to like, is that Canate kept his place um, because he's big and fast and scores headers occasionally. Um, and you, you really can't argue with it with that setup, can you? Spurs were properly full on um, uh, first choice, apart from their little left winger, uh, left wing back, who Sessignon uh, is really good anyway. Uh, so you can't really argue. And they went Davis and Sessignon against Mo, which uh, it kind of worked its way out. Mm. So, but classic um, Conte three four three, right? Yeah. If we're going to go three four three, they were kind of a seven. Yeah, yeah. There were, so there you, were kind you, of you a, was... there were actually five box one. That's it. That's how they were. Yeah, like I was going to say on paper three four three, but you made it very clear to me in the chat that one of the reasons why was it was definitely a flat back five. Yeah, yeah. They they, they had no they had very little interest in even breaking. Harry Kane had like a I think at twenty eight percent reception rate. Um, that that they were if if it really 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 presented itself with a huge hole, then they would push more than one man forward. But the rest of the time, they were going to full on parge their way to uh, a draw. They were time wasting from the first minute. Yeah, and we talked about pressing an opportunity and stuff like that. And I just want to just point out straight away on the on the um, what Gagsai was saying about a back five. We've never seen a pressing chain and, and a pressing heat map right into the left-hand corner of, you know, near the corner flag. To have that much in that attacking the left wing right towards the corner, just insane. Um, and I think it shows you how a lot about how deep uh, Spurs were and what they were doing. And a lot of that was opportunity, you say, it was on Emerson, uh, particularly Romero, um, he was he had some joy against him, uh, and um, Kulisevsky even as well was quite deep. So yeah, it was um, it was it was crazy. I mean, Spurs weren't launch it though, were they? Side they were they were still trying to build right. Ish, well, how do you describe it from what they were doing in the defensive third? Because they weren't just launching I think it, were they? no, they weren't they weren't just launching. They were trying they were trying to play to the to the loose man, but. Um... In, when when we had possession, they were doing some smart stuff with their with their man marking and um, the who was who was covering passing lanes, and so they were being really strategic about who which of their which of our players that they were leaving or making sure it was weak side, making sure it wasn't high, um, and the fullbacks were get their wing backs were getting involved in in midfield, but also um, they were going Romero and Davis man mark um, and. Basically, Mane was being 
been um, marked by Hoiberg if he went to the right. If he dropped off to our right and if he dropped off to our left, Betancourt would, would pick him up. Or if neither of those, if either of those were having to press the eight, uh, their side, then Dyer would immediately drop out. So they, so our front three were always man-marked. And on top of the man-marking, they would use um, Kulisevsky or Son to screen the pass into him from Fab or from the centre-backs. And they were making sure, and Kane was dropping on Fab every time one of our full-backs got the ball, so there was no pass into Kane. Um, they were trying to force us to recycle at the back or knock it long, and so their big rocks centre-backs can pick the ball up. Yeah. Um, so, first half, um, the attacking performance in terms of sorry that in terms of the tent the intensity was 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 off the charts and i put the pub, the pub chart does reflect that uh site but um the i guess the issue was in this game is how much we act, we didn't get that production from from all that from all the intensity we did we didn't see we didn't see that many shots we we didn't have didn't have any clear cut chances anyway in the, in the match but we didn't get anything from our pressing and i thought we had counter-attacking opportunities from pressing but there was as well as Spurs defending quite well and last ditch, I thought we made a lot of bad choices in the last final ball. I I, I don't actually know the uh, the the match data for this, but um, in the first, if you look in the first half hour, they were so intent on defending, but they occasionally, through mistakes of ours, managed to get through from a long ball and a mistake that that we had. Um, uh, the in the first, uh, yeah, in the first. Uh, 30 minutes of the game um, that they had uh, two shots in our box and we had uh, one shot in theirs and we had four touches in our box in their box and they had three touches in our box so it was so the actual the thing that we are brilliant at that we dominate the world at is being brilliant in both boxes and we've got much better in the last year of dominate in the middle of the pitch as well. The thing that City yeah. are good at. Yeah. And in this yeah. game, Spurs did to us what we have, have historically done to everybody else. We were just, they were better than us in their box and they were better than us in our box. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rhodesy, um, yeah. plenty to, plenty to unpack on this one. On the match uh, summary. Yeah, it's um, if if this match isn't a perfect illustration illustration of the uh, importance of shot quality and getting high quality shots over high volumes of bad shots, um, I don't know what it is. Um, Twenty two shots to their eight, um, three so shots on target each. We had nine shots in the box to five, which meant thirteen outside the box. And non penalty xG ended up one point two to one point one, which is definitely. A, result is a fair reflection of all in all the stats um but yeah we didn't have a big chance and spurs had one and if you have a look at any uh extreme app for this game there's a massive white splodge in the spur in the middle of our box <laughs> and then there's uh lots of little red dots all around the pitch um for our shots and that's exactly what it was we had 41 penalty box touches 13 so we were definitely uh 2.9 non-penalty XG to... Uh, 2.9 non-shot XG to 0.7 or 0.8. I'd looked down and decided asked me to do this. It was a it was the first time in 56 games we haven't had a big chance. So that was a 56-game 
big, big chance streak that we've had. Um, so 56 that, games, that's a season and a half. Yeah. So that takes us back to the middle of, middle of last season. Premier League, yeah. Um, so that's horror run, somewhere in the horror run of last Fulham, season. the end of it. Fulham. Um, the oh, defeat at Anfield. Yeah, that was, was horrific. Time, that was horrific. The last time in the Champions League was a 2-0 defeat to Atalanta. Um, yeah, but that was a that was a shadow team. That so, that's less. And yeah. just to, I thought it was interesting because I seem to get like I can remember previous um, reports on Spurs games and thinking that the city always seemed to cause us problems. Obviously, they had six big chances at at home this season against us. In all the games against Spurs under Klopp, um, we've had twenty three big chances. They've had twenty five. We've scored. 21 goals in those games they've scored 15 so it's although we've only had the one defeat that big one that 4-1 that infamous one at Wembley the Asian Lovren special um, we, we haven't lost to him so we've got the right end of the results but there's been a majority of draws and then some last minute wins so Spurs seem to regularly cause us problems apart from obviously in the most important game um, yeah. that, that we beat him in but yeah they do they're, they're next to Man City. Man City have caused us the most problems under Klopp, statistically, and uh, Spurs are next. Well, didn't they... Now, what did they... Have they done... What have they done to Man City this season? Is it drawn a... Drawn a they beat them twice. Win? Beat them beat twice. twice. They, they did a ball. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, they, and they've got two doors against us, so... They're doing, they're doing something right, anyway. Anyway, this is not... A do, you want, do, you want, do you want to know an extra crazy stat about, about them and us? Um yeah. So we had to listen to, or if you watched it or you read about it, the twat on Match of the Day um, talking about Trent being the weakness and he was the problem in this game because usually it's his defending. But because he was brilliant defensively, um, they picked on his crossing because his crossing was the reason we didn't win this game. Um, and really? the volume Who was of, this? Uh, Jenis. All right. Um, and it was, it, there were a number of stories about the crosses and the amount of crosses I've read in the times about how many crosses we put in. And that was the problem that we kept banging crosses in. Um, and that's, that was our failure. But, um, if you actually looked at, at Klopp when he, when, uh, Simi came on, he told him to put, to put crosses in literally yeah. told him cross 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 is what he said. <laughs> so, yeah. and that's why you're going to bring Simikas on. And he came on and did, but anyway, the, the, Statistically, um, the five games um, of Klopp's career, uh, of, of Trent's career that is putting the most crosses, three of them have been against Spurs. Yeah. yeah. So, so Spurs are a thing that we do this against. Yeah. And we won the other two. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of other things that you didn't mention there, Sai, uh, Brody, in your match, I just wanted to pick up on. Um, you mentioned the penalty box touches, yeah? Yeah. 40-something? 41-13. But you didn't mention the block shots. I didn't, know. Don't track it. It was okay. a load. <laughs> 13 <laughs> of our 22 shots are blocked. <laughs> I don't recall seeing much higher than that. Um, over 50% of our shots blocked before. Uh, not even against Burnley. Um, that's pretty remarkable. Um, but one thing we do track is the non-shot expected goals, Rosie. Um, yeah. and, um, and we don't. you didn't mention it then either. But yeah, you, what, I said what, at the what, end it was uh, 2.9 to 1.2 it was. 2.9 non-shot. Now, that is actually quite a high figure for a non-shot expected goals, isn't it? Our highest figure since Newcastle um, away. Newcastle at home. Newcastle at home. Now, um, 
that measures everything that we do around the Newcastle box. It's, a, it's a basically a forerunner of expected threat, basically. Right, the Spurs um, box, yeah. Yeah, um, and it measures everything around the box, uh, Spurs box, apart from shots. Um, yeah. And um, size took it one. You took it one step further, didn't you? Say um, you basically looked at our expected goals, the actual shots we got against the non-shot, and did a comparison between the two. What did you find? Oh, I had no idea you were going to say say this. Is literally just in the sheet. I don't. I didn't do a comparison. I didn't do a comparison. It's literally just in my dashboard, so it's always yeah. there. So totals, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so totals. Uh, the uh, I, I, I'll put a grab in the uh, in the chart. Um, so uh, if we if we're going to look at generally our shot, what do what did you call it? The non-shot expected goals from five thirty-eight and the expected goals. Which, so one is shooting and one is everything else apart from shooting. Oh yeah, so this was our second worst performance against non-shot expected goals in Klopp's tenure. Yeah. Second, can anybody guess the second? Oh, I got a bit one against Burnley. Uh, There's got to be a game against Mourinho in there. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Um, the the second highest. Oh, Mourinho. (laughs) You'd think it'd be Burnley, wouldn't you? It's got to be a Burnley game where we just absolutely battered. But actually, Burnley had done had done a really good job. Uh, It was against Southampton. Really, I don't know about that. Oh, the one last season against Hasenhutl, the freaky one, the start. Yeah, of the yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, that was horrendous. Good God! So, so weird, weirdly, Southampton also have the inverse. Yeah, where yeah. where Southampton created the most non-shot without scoring, the one where Danny Murphy, uh, Danny Murphy, where Danny Ings kept missing sitters. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, that was the biggest. So this was this was the biggest gap between our non-shot expected goals and our actual expected goals. Yeah, so uh, second biggest ever under Klopp, which is I think is quite a telling statistic that one. Um, but wasn't the Leicester game quite high up your list as well? The Leicester, the defeat yeah, earlier this yeah, season. Yeah, we had, we actually uh, we actually had two. So one Leicester game, the the Leicester game that they won early in the season that we lost early in the season. That's that's uh, third, and uh, the uh, another Leicester game from two years ago is fifth. That they won, I think actually three years ago. I think it was the Vardy. Yeah, I think it's just a really good way of highlighting where you get lots of activity around the box, dribbles, passes, touches, but you don't actually get the shots off, and then you end up with 13 block shots and no big chances, and yeah. It's and a that, general... Yeah, all... That 1-0 defeat at Leicester was our highest non-shot expected goals this season for. Was it? Good 4 to 0.6 it was. So I think if you play in a football matches, um, these kind of things happen periodically basically. And um, yeah, I'm afraid you've got to be quite sanguine about these things when they arrive. And it just, it was our turn to suffer one on the weekend, I'm afraid. It was in the case it shit happens. Right. Now, so um, it wasn't all down to um, Spurs blocking stuff and um, everything aside. Um, and it wasn't all about Trent's crossing either. And um, you think um, there was a couple of tactical things, right, that we we didn't help ourselves. We didn't play. You mentioned Mane's build-up was one already. You thought Mane was poor. Um, and what were the other things that you thought contributed to a, you know, us contributing to our own ineffectiveness? I think uh, I think we uh, early in the season we talked about all the time the um, the triangles out wide and the rotation yeah. of the triangles out wide. 
We yeah. didn't do that on the left at all. We what we did was tucked um, Tiago in to be uh, to be the total playmaker, um, which I am absolutely fine with because all of our best stuff came through Tiago. But what that means is you need rotation out. You need somebody really high out wide, and then the the te- the nine and the eleven to be swapping. So you've got some rotation with those two instead, and that didn't happen at all. So one of the three have to be against the touchline, one in the half space, one in the middle, doesn't matter which one. One of them, one of those three also has to create vertical depth. So one goes long and then one drops in and they have to swap, which drags one of the centre-backs forward or commits one of the, one of the, um, the sixes, one of the defensive midfielders. But it also just creates um, a little bit of uncertainty. So, so they know that somebody might um, drop and somebody might run off their shoulder, so they constantly have to check. And just that level of um, awareness that somebody's going to have to check, so they keep spinning their heads, that, that for Tiago, that's all he needs. All he's waiting for is that moment where the, where the six looks in a different direction, and then he'll pick him off on, on his weak shoulder. And we weren't doing enough of the, the vertical rotation to create space. We are getting too many players too high in a line, and you can see so many of our great goals come from Bobby or Mane, in this case, whatever, or Mo spinning deep, one of the eights running beyond, or Mo popping in, running running beyond, with a fullback either side wide, keeping the keeping you, the um their fullbacks wide to create space. And you we said just exactly the same it. thing when the intergame, um, when we talked about this with Bart's I asked him that question. And you you said you know, one of the front three needs to be deeper than the other two. And it needs to have needs that. to move deeper than the other yeah. two. It has yeah. to be a movement thing. And if Bobby's yeah. not playing, it should be Salah really because he's the most, he's the best passer. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So you're going to need to build through him, which we kind of did. He, he he stayed a little bit deeper for a lot of the game, but you actually need it's the it's the top line into this into between the lines. That nonsense between the lines. But we don't. No, no team in the Premier League plays actual lines these days. But it's it's one dropping ten yards and the other one filling the space that they create. And it's you create space by movement, and we weren't making those movements. So, and what you need is is two movements at the same time. So one wide, one one goes in, one goes out, one goes deep, one goes high. That that you need that synergy of that movement, and that's when we're brilliant, and that's the thing City do better than anybody else. And when we're flying, of which, despite us being brilliant and having great great results, our forwards largely haven't been doing that. We've not been battering people for weeks. Maybe as a consequence of a little bit of fatigue. Maybe it's game management. Who knows? Maybe it's just tactics who we've come up against. But we haven't been battering people for weeks. Um, yeah. and, and, and it's been spotty when we've been doing this really, really high-level attacking stuff. We had uh, eight new chances against Leeds and six against Norwich. Uh, since then, we haven't had more than three, apart from, I think, in the, uh, the Benfica game. Yeah, one thing I was one thing I noticed. I think, was, I think that's right. I don't think we've been apart. Yeah. Well, this whole run since uh, since January, this phenomenal run we've got, there's been a lot of controlled wins. There's been a lot of one nils and two nils in there. You know, it's it's your type of football where we don't do any mistakes, and yeah. then you see what happens. If we hadn't given up any mistakes against Spurs, we'd have won. Yeah. 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 
Um, Rosie, half time, um, it was looking pretty good, right? I know we hadn't had a big chance, but I think it was about 0.7 to 0.1 on the XG, and the, the, the off ball performance was really, really good. Um, I, I just thought it was a matter of time. Um, what did you think? Yeah, it felt it felt like that. Frustratingly, it felt like that. It, um, I think we kind of had a similar half again against Villarreal in the first half, and that we, we we looked in control. The pressing was going well. Spurs um, we didn't look like they could really get out either. Did we, they? No, we weren't. We weren't conceding any any extra any shots. Um, and yeah, it was just we had that one man a chance in the Villarreal game that header. Um, in this game, we had another header. It was Van Dijk chance. Um, from the corner, from a set piece, um, but yeah, it just felt it just felt like we've seen a lot of a lot of uh, games when we've gone in halftime level um, this season, where it's just a matter of time that the goals are going to come. Um, yeah, like Thiago, 10, 10, 10 possession wins from pressing that first half. Fab six counter presses. Now we Gags collected this game, um, and the counter press is when we press and within two seconds of the opposition winning the ball back. And Fab had six of those. We had twelve targets on Harry Kane and one possession seven times. Most of those were probably Fabinho. I haven't got the exact numbers, I'm afraid. But yeah, it was it it, it was looking good, Rhodesy. I, I thought myself. It's just just. Uh... I've got the exact numbers because you gave them to us. Um, <laughs> he won possession four times out of seven against Kane. Yeah. Wow. That was his highest. That was the highest in the man- match against an individual opponent. Yeah. Um so, um Diaz, you want to talk about you want to talk about Luis Diaz. Um so lots of good things to like, um still things to learn in terms of how well he effect- we we use him and he he learns to play with the team in the best way. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I I think it was much of much of how he's been. Uh, he looks like a real threat. He is, he is, let's say Suarez light at this point. He, he, he does a lot of the things that Suarez did early on, but he's not killer. Um, I'm yeah. not greatly. I'm not when he gets the ball. I don't feel like there's a goal coming, or the keeper has to worry. And and pretty much by the fifth game that Suarez ever played for us. That was how I felt most of that time. And and this is mean to Diaz because you, comparing him to Suarez is, um, is yeah, un, grossly I remember, I remember Suarez's first full season. He scored like nine league goals. He was so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it was 18 months, but, he had less than 10% conversion rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he beat five men and then got a shot off, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. He was exhausted was, by that point. It was about five a game, so he wasn't yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, he was a victim of bad luck at that point, but yeah. he created the, all of the threat himself. And, yeah. and uh, we don't we don't create the threat from what Diaz is doing yet. He is doing stuff mostly. I think the most exciting stuff he, he's doing is beating a man, losing the ball, and then sprinting his nuts off to get it back as quick as possible. Can't and I think it. that's what gets the crowd going. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a, an incessant counterpresser, like Bobby is when he's not at his best. When his first touch is terrible, and he goes and chases it to get it back. Like the crowd, Liverpool love that. It's exciting. It's exciting on TV. But but he actually isn't causing a threat by by his do, actions. Do, do, you, do you think that um, Conte with Royale and um, Romero gave opposition managers a template here for for Nuno and Diaz? 
with the way they uh, no, the no, way no, 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 no. I, I think it's going to be hard to neuter Diaz, but in the long term, but I don't think Diaz is creating the threat in the first place. I don't think he did. I don't think Conte did anything to stop Diaz. I think Diaz did what Diaz does has done in every game. Yeah, I just thought the way that Spurs were so deep, they had the two men back there. They, had, you know, and and there was not much space behind them at all. I just thought, yeah, okay. No three balls attempted in the whole game. We we yeah, we just didn't get in behind them at all. They gradually yeah. got deeper and deeper as the as the game went on. Um, we what we needed from him or Robbo were were to put their their uh, boots on the on the chalk. Yeah. and stay as wide as possible. And I don't think we had anywhere near enough rotation. We, we just weren't using the spaces outside of the lines of the, the penalty box. And our forwards are absolutely brilliant at dominating the penalty box space and those zones there on the, on the break, in transition, in chaos. If they stay there, they're a threat. Problem is, when we're in, t- when we're in controlled possession, if they stay there, they're marked by three people each. Because yeah. because they've got the fullback, the centre back, and an eight, either marking them or blocking the pass into them, or immediately creating a cul-de-sac so there's nowhere for them to go. I don't know about you, but the moments I thought we're not getting anything out of this game, we're not winning this game. Sorry, is was the um, the Davis block on Salah. I, I I actually I watched that back up three times. I still oh, don't wow, know. Wow. I, I still oh, don't know wow. how he blocked that shot. That side Salah did everything. He fainted two times, three times. He went outside. He touched it in front of him. Extended the shot. He got a really good shot, and I couldn't believe he blocked it. No, he had two shots that were going top corner, and and yeah. neither neither of them got past the penalty spot. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, side the amount of double and triple teaming on Salah in this game was. On, like I'd, I'd love to know, I'd love to know those numbers as well. Because which, which, which is what, which is what means, then you need the threat to come from the eight yeah, yes, getting Mane. past yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, or or you need Mane to do something, and Mane was just Mane just he just works his nuts off, and then he was just not very good. So, tactical question for you, right? Say, um, Jota comes on, we go with two up front. Um, Jota has almost as almost as little impact as Sadio does in the central role um we spent a good 20 minutes a couple of pods ago talking about how effective origi's been in the break glass moments this season um why didn't we try the break glass in this game because spurs don't spurs don't look like everton (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. Leaving aside the Spurs playing white. <laughs> yeah, okay. I just thought, you know, at least he can go he can go up against Eric Dyer and get in his face and, 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 and make him and be physical. But that's like, but that's not Divi Divi isn't the physical though. He just looks like he should be. Yeah, but okay, but a lot of the stuff happens because he gets in there and he and the balls bounce off him inside the six yard box, and that's happened a couple of times this season. So anyway, I just I just thought this was what, a divvy game, Sai, wasn't it? It was a divvy moment. What what what, what do you think? Uh, you know, um, Rosie, what do you think there? Yeah, the, the Jota coming on for Mane in the middle as well. No, divvy. I didn't mind it. I, I thought we had to try something different to what we usually do. We did. We don't usually play with the four. We've criticised it in the past. Um, I thought getting more men, um, trying to get in between the spaces of the very, very tightly packed um, Spurs box was was a good offer. Whether it's Jota, yeah, I agree with the I agree with the idea of the tactic. But crowded, you want Jota over than Divi, don't you? Yeah, but I just thought 
you know, you're, you're 70 minutes in and, you know, it's the the, the pattern of the game is set. And I just, I don't know, personally... I, I, as well, I'd have gone with five. Go on, do it. No, I, no, 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 no. I would have gone, <laughs> I would have gone, I would have gone what we did against um, Everton and Norwich and what was the other game? I can't remember. Newcastle, I think it was. Anyway, anyway but I would have done it, but with, with Divi at centre-forward as well. But anyway, that's just me. I, I, I would rather have Virgil at centre-forward. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention in the first half, Virgil had the most shots in the team. Three shots. I mean, what's that about? I mean, God. Virgil, has, Virgil had two really good chances. The the thing so we you talked so many times chance? about the first fifty p heads. What are you calling him now? 50, when when 50, is a big chance? I called fifty p heads for two right? seasons. So when, it's <laughs> when is a big chance? Head. Not a big chance, right? So you've said this before, right? You you said you wouldn't give a big chance to header unless it's like two meters from goal or something like that. When we had that last season, but Diaz so, Diaz's Diaz's goal was a big chance because that was complete. There was it wasn't just unmarked. There was nobody. He was the deepest man. Oh, in against Villarreal. Yeah, it was a yeah. one-on-one header. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, but there was one Virgil one where he you thought he was free. Was that the one where he, he did he hit the bar? Did he hit the? What did he do? Yeah, that wasn't yeah, even the, that wasn't even the best chance. The best chance he headed it wide. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and right in front and, and he was he was also near post of the goalie. Like there was no goalie in the way either. Yeah. He just missed. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um anyway, Spurs take the lead. Um it's just a little tiny little bit slack, the goal. We switched off just for a couple of seconds and then we concede, right? So, Rosie? Quite a bit of um, uh, post-match analysis that I've heard that's said that we were absolutely terrible on this. Um, I, I think there were poor, a couple of poor moments. Um, Trent could get tighter, not not getting not um, tracking Kane, then letting Kane dribble it ten yards across our penalty box. Um, it was the only time that Kane had space in front of our yeah, defence in, in yeah, our yeah. all match, wasn't it? Well, we talked about Fabinho on him. Um, yeah. We talked, yeah, it's, it's, it was, yeah, it was, it's kind of slack, a moment of lack of concentration. Um, I know, I know a lot of people have said that, is it, it's not, it didn't look like particularly physical fatigue, but are we getting some mental fatigue? So I'd be interested in what you think about that. But yeah, he passes it to Sessegnon, cuts it back, it's a tap in for Son. Um, Robertson plays them all on side, he's about two yards back. Two yards deeper than everybody That's else. That's what we started. With. I thought we got past that. We talked about that in the in the autumn incessantly. <laughs> I thought we were past it. It's mad, yeah. Two yeah. yards. Yeah. And in, in, in a team which is so well drilled that it should be all in a line. Yeah. It would just have been another one of those stats down those offside stats that we've got hundreds of. Um, but it wasn't. It was a goal and a tapping goal and it's seventy percent chance goal and it. Yeah. Yeah. That was there. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, and then we get the lucky break, um, which you always need against a, a you know a, a, you know a packed defence. Um, completely wrong foots the keepers, isn't it, Rosie? They're just like yeah, keep can't do it. I was just going to say, Dan, there was an absolute carbon copy, although it came from a cross chance where Sesson Young cuts it back to Son about two minutes later after the first one after the goal. I was and it. Fortunately, um, when he cut it back, it just hit him. But it was about six yards out then. Same thing happened. So for like five minutes, we kind of switched off. But yeah, the Diaz goal is it's just a bit of luck. That's what happens when you have 22 shots with a 6% value. 
You know, one of them's going to go in. That's why we've got 1.2 XG. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we couldn't we couldn't get it over the line. We still didn't have any big chances. So, and it just kind of it just kind of petered out, didn't it? It's been a while. Yeah, since we saw that kind yeah, of game. I don't. I don't think we were ever. Anybody was particularly convinced we were coming back from that. We we ended up with basically seven in a row on the high line, um, and and Simi putting crosses in at will. Um, he, Simi had nine crosses in his like seven minutes on the pitch. Um, wow. uh, and. He, uh, yeah, he, he, he got told to put crosses in, so he went on and and uh, Simi had 11 crosses in, wow. he, he, to be fair, he was on 32 minutes, but yeah, 11 crosses in 32 minutes. Um, some of them, like, they were all right. We uh, it, were in this weird position of, of playing seven in a line, and we were only ever had three in the box against their big lads, and the ball just always fell to them. Um, we had a couple of moments where uh, brilliant Tiago passes that almost turned into something. Um, and it just, it was never, never quite to be. We needed a set piece go, going our way. Um, the brilliance, the chances of brilliance gets greatly reduced when you've got 10 men inside the box. The only way you're going to penetrate that, if you get to the point of a game where they're allowed to put 10 men inside the box is to get a deflection. That's the only way. And we, we did, we, we can't argue. We, we like, we were fully lucky with that. Um, and it just is what it is. And, and we just, we, we couldn't muster anything else. So you need a thunder bastard to go in top corner from 35 yards that, that goes over the top of them and then drops in, or you need something from a corner. And I, I, I thought our corner quality in the first half was really good. Um, we had three decent chances and we didn't take them. And that's what had been, that's what had been powering our um, form, our run, taking those. And we didn't, and it cost us in the end. And you can't, uh, it's, we, we've talked about the randomness. You guys think it's a bit less random than I do. I think set pieces are largely random. And the stuff you talked about early in the season, that the, the second phase from, um, uh, from from corners, we haven't really been scoring from those since before Christmas. So I don't know it's if we direct. changed something. Since Christmas, it switched to direct from corners. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we yeah. Ha- so we've taken one of those tools away, or just randomness. And yeah. I think there's an awful lot of randomness. I think, and, and it was in our favour, and it wasn't in this game. I've got a stat for you for Vir- Virgil's 50p head. I just put it in the live show <laughs> chat there. So this is this this is uh, this is shooting goals added. But for for defenders, <laughs> Virgil is only about fifteenth for, for all defenders. He's only added 0.88 xG from his shots he's had with their placement. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what what data we have uh, differently. But my version of that, which I collect every single game for two years, um, is um, in our team. He is got zero point zero zero two under. His XG yeah. is zero point zero zero two so, under, and Matip's is zero point zero six. How are you completely expected? How does that mean he's got a fifty p head? How 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 are how are you how are you collecting expected goals on target data on a shot by shot basis? Uh, a fot mob every game. Okay. Okay. 
scraping old fashioned. Oh, that's old school. Anyway, anyway, so so basically, yeah, it is. This will be the same. This is this is fantasy football scout. So it's the same model. This is just aggregated. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, any other business chaps? How, how likely do you think the quadruple is now, Dan? That was a question at the start. Oh, it, yeah, it's going to need. We're at. Um, we're Give me some numbers. Give me some praying numbers. for a miracle stage now with the with City. They're going to have to do a Devon lock fall over with the finish line in sight. <laughs> it's possible, Boaty. All we can do is make him play every match. Fourteen percent is the is the five thirty eight number. Um, I think the I think the um, bookies numbers a little bit more. Yeah, um, yeah. Rosie, make him play every match, and, and and just give us every opportunity that they can make a fuck up. It's possible. David Moyes is a winner, Dan. David Moyes he is, is a winner. He is. He's you never don't trophies. You don't need trophies to be a winner, but he's a winner. <laughs> Come on, baby boy. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know what? The last day of the season, I can't watch, um, and there have been some great legendary games at the last day of the season to win league titles. I don't. I thought we'd lost the league title in the chances of the league after losing the, to West Ham in the stupid run we had in December. That was October, mate. West Ham was October. Yeah. You mean it was, it was the terror? It was at Leicester. It Leicester. was it was like Brighton and Leicester. Yeah, oh, I actually between... thought in Oct- I thought in West Ham at West Ham that was pretty much it because because that's the levels that you need to beat City. Well, we were only, we were um, still only one point behind City after the West Ham defeat. Yeah, but you know, Chelsea were winning the league at that point. You know yeah. my mantra. My mantra is true, um, yeah. and it keeps you gotta, you gotta, it you gotta, gradually you gotta... seems to be borne out. Yeah. Yeah, you've, you've, um, you're but it right. was that three game run. It was the three game run in December. Um, anyway, Leicester. So, yeah. uh, Brighton, um, where the games that we were ahead and didn't win. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm. I was never fully like that thing that I have at the beginning of every season where I think we're going to win the league. This has not been. I think we're going to win the league since then. This has just been. I'm enjoying the hope and. Uh, so after we didn't win against Spurs uh, and we need City to lose, I didn't really lose any hope. I think it's the same. I think I always thought we had that City needed to lose. I think that City have lost um, 12 games. In the last three years, City have lost 12 games and drawn nine. I think they're more likely to lose than they are to draw anyway. Um, so mm. it's the same. Yeah. So if you want to, if you wanted to believe that City are going to slip up, if you believe that City were going to slip up and we're going to win the title, I think it's it, there is an equal chance now. There's there's less chance obviously because City didn't slip up in one more game, so there are only three left. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. All, it, all you can, all, Stevie all you G can could do, win it for us. All you get, all you can do is force them to play the games, yeah, and and force them to make, force them to win again. Yeah, obviously, down the Aguero moment was against QPR, who were absolutely shocking that season. Everyone thought mm, exactly. You know, it doesn't matter what it is; it's the pressure of the title. And if 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 they're going to feel it, then there's going to be a moment. And whether you know Newcastle had a huge chance um, at nil nil, I think. Anyway, yeah. I have to go and get the bunting out of the loft for the, uh, for the cup <laughs> final. All the buttons coming out tomorrow, all the flags are going up outside the house. There's about four houses in the road that have already got all the flags and the bed the bed sheets out front with all the banners. Oh, yeah. Oh, photos, Dan. We need photos. This now. is this is this is one of the best things about living in Liverpool is when Liverpool get to the final, all the houses in the road gradually putting up the flags and the bunting. 
Dan, Dan makes ninety five percent jealous. You never you never seen that, that when you come to Liverpool, say. Si, oh no, yeah. No, nope. you have to have a look. If you if you if you're between, no, you won't be. Yeah, because you got to you got to be between now and the weekend. Yeah, I'll take some I, photos. I'm actually in Manchester on Wednesday. <laughs> I'll take some photos when I'm out and about showing you the houses which have got the bunting up already. It's 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 just a Liverpool thing. It's brilliant. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Right. Anyway, I'll take a photo of Ryan when I finish as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. That has been your under pressure podcast for this week, uh, and we will be back after the FA Cup final. Um, so fingers crossed, it's another trophy coming our way. Up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.